The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Always happy to be with you. And we have a, a great topic today, a great topic. The name of the book is Modern Families, Stories of Extraordinary Journeys to Kinship. My guest is Joshua Gamson, who's a professor of sociology at the University of San Francisco. He's the author of Claims to Fame, Celebrity in Contemporary America, Freaks Talk Back, Tabloid Talk Shows, Talk Shows, and Sexual Nonconformity. He's also written The Fabulous Sylvester, The Legend, The Music, and The 70s in San Francisco. Welcome, Joshua. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, tell us why you decided to write this book. Is this book about your own story as well as other families? I mean, we look at what makes a family. Less than a decade ago, most Americans would have cited the conventional idea, you know, a husband, a wife, and their biological children. But today we have a whole new visibility of family formations, and it's very different now. We have same-sex marriages. We have the nuclear model has really exploded. So there's a lot of dilemmas around this. Why did you decide to write this book? It was really personal, to be, to be honest. It, it, you know, I, the book has some sort of sociological perspective in it, but it really came from me, from my personal life, and from looking around me at my own family. I'm uh, uh, one of a two-dad family. With, we have two, two little girls. And um, I knew all of these people who had created families in a very super intentional um, and unconventional manner. And mm-hmm. at first it was just, you know, I want to tell, I want to have the stories down for my kids. Cause you know, when you're the beginning of a, of a kid's life, you're sleep deprived and weepy. And that's sort of where I was. And I said, I want to, I want to make sure that I record this beautiful, elaborate, complex story. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I have, I have a question. And then you said the other that I, I just want to ask you. You said that you had a two dad family. So, in, was that unusual then? Were you? I mean, were you in the minority? Well, we still are. I mean, we're only. No, I'm talking about. I am. I'm. I. I, I am married to a man with with um, two kids. Got it. Okay. So when I, we because started I thought, gee, that ago, really was, that you know thirty unusual. years ago unusual. would have been very unusual. So, um, but yes. Okay. And so, you know, when I was starting, then when when Reba, that's our our oldest, when she was a baby, we would walk around town just, you know, to get her to sleep and so on. And we got a lot of questions like, where where did you get her was probably the most common one. Um, And, you know, at first I thought that was kind of uh, rude. 
started to think that that was actually about curiosity. I, I became a bit more generous about my understanding of it, and I realized that people really didn't know how these families came to be, and they knew that there was, you know, a lot of different, there are a lot of different kinds of families in the world, but um, they were curious about how, how, what it was like to make them, so I decided to tell those stories, so I turned to my own life and to the life of, of uh, several old friends mm-hmm. who had also done adoption or um, in vitro fertilization, assisted reproduction, mm-hmm. were single parents, multiple parent families, four people raising yeah. kids together, and now so you, on. So you, des- you describe two common ways in your book of approaching these new ways of making a family. Where, where yeah. does your book Primer- fit in adoption, with that? There were two you know, various forms of adoption and various forms of assisted reproduction are the most, the, the most obvious ways that people are doing it. Mm. And, you know, you talk also about the historical myth of the nuclear family and what constitutes a real family today. Uh, let's, let's talk about that, you know, and sure. about other models. And sometimes things are looked at as deviant or pathological. So... <laughs> Enlighten us, please. Sure, I can, I can do my best. I mean, I'm not an historian, and there, there are excellent family historians and excellent, very accessible histories of this, um, especially Stephanie Kuntz has a book called The Way We Never Were, which I think captures the idea that the nuclear family is a relatively recent and mythical form. Um, so, you know, my basic understanding of it is that, that you know, people have been having kids in male-female pairs for a very long time, but family structures have been varied a lot across time and across places in different cultures. And even within this culture, there's been a lot of variation of the way people have, have put together structures of kinship, including kids, in, in that. Um, and really, the, the, what we think of as the traditional family, the the heterosexual married couple raising kids that are biologically related to them in their household with basically male breadwinner and female caretaker. That is a relatively recent historical uh, creation that was, you know, more or less sort of 1950s uh, blip in history. And um, it somehow became a very powerful ideal, though, and when you have this idea that there is one true, real way that is the most valuable way to have a family, it marginalizes other forms that are, that are mm-hmm. happening there. And it keeps them sort of, uh, encourages them to be secretive, you know, about if you had a family um, that was non-normative, if you were a single parent, for instance, and there were very, very many, and there still are very, very many, mm-hmm. or if you um, were raising a kid from, you know, you're gay raising a kid from a heterosexual marriage, all of those different forms, or blended families, you know, people who divorce and remarry, mm-hmm. and those are, we're all, have been marginalized. Yeah, although it's much more common now, much more common. Well, you know, there's another point here, too, that, you know, in other cultures, like, you know, African-American working-class communities, many of them, you know, have developed families that they chose as kin, so this is yes, a new right. concept, but then sort of the LG, you know, the LGBT movement added their own version to the mix. So yeah, there's been a lot. There's that. a lot of documentation. I mean, and anybody who's lived it doesn't even need the documentation of people who have made families, made kinship networks that are not 
based solely in biology and sometimes not in biology at all, where people are choosing the, the people that are in their family using words like aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. in African-American and immigrant communities and working class communities and so on. And then something very, very similar happened when um, gay and lesbian people, LGBT people early on in our, our sort of, um, I don't know, movement history um, were often pushed out of, the fa- of their families of origin, of their biologically mm-hmm. <laughs> related families and mm-hmm. created these families um, of their own in other places that were were chosen people. These are my people. These are the people to right. whom I am committed for my life. You saw a lot of this around AIDS, where the fa- that family stepped in for caretaking that that self created family. Mm. So you know these things have been been happening in various places for a long time, and they suggest now that they're more visible. They suggest um, to me. Uh, new ways of thinking about kinship or expansive ways of thinking about kinship. Right, right. Rather than the assumption that the genetic relationship to the child is what makes you the real parent. Yeah, and people ask us all the time who's the real parent. You know, that sense that biology is the thing that makes it real is very strong for and what do you in say this to culture. Them and you know, I'm in this that. culture too. I sometimes think about that too, but we don't answer that. You know, Richard and I, Richard's my husband, saying we don't, we don't really answer that question because... The premise of the question is that if it's not biological, it's not real. And that's mm-hmm. not something, that's not the way I think about my family. That's not the way my family is. And, you know, I want to throw a bit of a wrench in that and, and help, you know, present to people this is what my family actually is. It's a mix, mix of biological and social and legal um, mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah, how do you um, kind of navigate the complexities, you know, of adoption or raising children in a multiracial family or a multi-ethnic family or even, as you said, a gay or lesbian family? I mean, how do you w- work that out when kids are going to school? What do you teach them? How do you help them to navigate this? You know, in some ways, and this is, you know, outside of the realm of the book a little bit because the book's really about family creation, but, you know, I'm living it now and we yeah. are a mix of, you know, um, my husband is biracial, uh, one black parent, one white parent, and I'm Jewish, and the, the girls are a mix, you know, of those uh, have who are in some sort of less obviously normative family that, you know, we have to talk about it. We talk about, it's, we talk about it, for instance, you know, what do you do with kids with different kinds of families on Mother's Day, for instance? That's something that comes up a lot for us. We've got no mom in our family. We've got plenty of women in our family, but they're not. They're being raised by their two dads. These are the parents, and not all kids or schools are equipped to recognize that and honor it and support all kinds of families. And so, you know, it's 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 an opportunity to talk to the kids about that. They experience it for them. It's matter of fact. They're loved children. Mm-hmm. These are their parents. You know. And when adults um, make, it, make it an issue, I, it's my job to equip my kids to, to talk about it clearly and to be strong in who they are and, you know, not accept other people's terms all the time when they're, they're not based on love and understanding. Yeah. 
All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to you more about your incredible book, Modern Families, Stories of Extraordinary Journeys to Kinship. This is about not just blended families, but mixed families. Uh, it, it's really very similar to it. the modern families raises awareness and provides insights into these tough issues of, you know, biology versus non-biology, uh, gay couples, all different kinds of different situations and not your nuclear family. We're talking about the expansion of that. And you're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. My guest is Joshua Gamson, and we will be right back after the break right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The schizophrenia community faces tough challenges every day. The community includes individuals living with schizophrenia, their partners, parents, children, siblings, friends, neighbors, co-workers, and also their providers of health care and social services. To hear Dr. Gordon Atherley introduce members of the schizophrenia community who are sharing their experiences, tune in to Schizophrenia Community Radio every week. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone we are back and we are talking about what makes a family and today It's no longer the conventional ideal of the husband, the wife, and the biological children. Today, we have different family formations, same-sex marriage, and many others, and this kind of nuclear family model has exploded. My guest is Joshua Gamson. His book is Modern Families, Stories of Extraordinary Journeys to Kinship. Joshua Gamson is professor of sociology at the University of San Francisco, and he's written several other books. 
Welcome, Joshua. Thank you. Okay, so let's let's now expand some of the theory you've been talking about to some of the stories in your book of other people. I mean, you have said you are a gay couple with your husband, you have two girls, and you, you're experiencing this and living it, but you also, in your book, talked about other families. So give us a, a couple of stories, and maybe what is the point, maybe what they're going through and what we can learn from this. Yeah, I mean, I can start with a little bit more detail about our own story because one of the things that I think is interesting about our family is in terms of the the way we created our family is that we used um, assisted reproduction. So both kids are through surrogates, gestational surrogates, women who carried them. The eggs were from other women, people that we knew, and then we each donated sperm for each kid. Did that make sense? Yes. So that, that means so that so that <laughs> means why half I to write the it child so elaborate. is biologically so, yours. Is that correct? What's that? Half of the half of the child, right? Is the the male part of the well, child we each is biologically have, we each, yours? Uh, are genetically related to one child, and then right. it gets more complicated than that in ways that I that I don't I don't really disclose. However, you know, one of the things that I think was interesting is that we experienced a very intimate form of surrogacy that was not commercialized where we, the, the, our first child was carried by my college girlfriend who just, you know, happened to come back in my life in a way <laughs> that made this happen um, and was willing to go through this process where she carried a child for us. Mm-hmm. And then our younger daughter, Maddie, was, was um, born through a woman named Gail that we, we, approached through a surrogacy agency. So we went through the commercial, this sort of very commercialized system and this very uncommercialized version of the same kind of medical procedures. And, you know, that was really interesting at this, that um, we had to confront how we felt about the commercial aspects of it, where you're sort of, you know, there's something very disconcerting about making a life through transaction, financial transaction Yes. Um, that runs through a lot of these stories, but it's very complicated. The, the women that helped us make our family are all in our lives in one way or another, and we don't really fully have the language for these different roles in the family yet. I mean, I think that will happen. Then some of the other stories, so there's a, a, a really interesting story in the book of friends of mine who adopted internationally um, as a four-parent family from the start. So it's a lesbian couple and a gay male couple who decided they were going to parent together. Wow. And then because, Fascinating. Yeah, it was very, it was really interesting. And interestingly and disturbingly, because of the way uh, adoption agencies work, the way international adoption policies in different countries work, and the way laws around same-sex relationship recognition at the time worked, only one of them could be the legal parent. They Just one person adopted. They had to sort of pretend to the world that they were not doing what they were doing. And that, that's a theme running through a lot of these stories, that a lot of us had to were doing this very intentional, very beautiful thing with one another, but the you know, we know what we were doing, but the larger structures required us to act like we were doing something else, sometimes to be in an adversarial legal um, relationship to each other, even though we were as far from that as we could possibly be. 
Um, so it's, 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 a, it's a weird moment in time. Um, and each of these stories has a sort of um, a theme like that, that mm. um, what the family faced, what sorts of um, inequalities they had to deal with in the world, either their own lack of access to resources or legal resources or mm-hmm. a medical, you know, in our case, a lot of times the medical system wasn't really able to easily get what we were doing. So they were now, sort of, is that changing, Joshua? Do you think the law, I mean, are, are there laws in motion to change this? Some of it. I mean, it's, it's a really a patchwork for in terms of surrogacy law and in terms of relationship recognition law, marriage law, though, you know, Obviously, marriage law has changed, and right. that's starting to affect other forms of, um, you know, state-based family law. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still there's only one um, state left where that prohibits adoption by same-sex couples, and that's Mississippi, and that's currently being fought. And the Supreme mm-hmm. Court decision around marriage really makes that it changes the terrain. Mm-hmm. So. Things are changing, but, you know, a lot of it, I think, changes from also from the ground up. People see our families. They, one of the reasons I wanted to write fewer stories so that they could, people could read it really intimately mm-hmm. with detail and what it's really like to make this family. And they, you know, you get used, you, it becomes sort of, um, I don't know, part of everyday life. So I'll give you one little quick example yeah, of the story recently. Too. We went out to dinner and I arrived early and the rest of my family arrived. And that included my mother-in-law and the two girls and Richard, my husband. And at another table uh, was a little girl, probably three years old with her male, female parent couple. Uh-huh. And when everybody arrived, she looked over and she said to her parents, they have two dads. And it was so striking that she recognized it so quickly. It was not an easy picture to put together. Mm, I know. You know for we were three just, it was yeah. hard to tell for an adult. I think for her parents, it was probably hard to figure out what was, who was who there and you know, who are the parents and who's the grandparent and whose kids are those. And mm-hmm. this little girl at three has enough mm. exposure to the range of different families that are in her world that she just looked and said, oh, you know, sort of a shrugging observation. She has, they have two dads. And, and what happened? You know, that's a big you know, change. Any, yeah, and that was it. I mean, there was no other story behind that? No, that was it. She, you know, she recognized it. And that's what I'm saying, I think, from the ground up, that as yeah, we are more open about these stories and are, are more uh, honest about what it's like to make this family and to be this family in the world, mm-hmm. we're more present in other people's lives. And it just becomes a thing that for my kids and kids coming up, is just they see the diversity of family forms, and that is So the in the next the 20 years, Joshua, it's going to be different. I mean, you, you're, probably in 20 years, people won't be going through what you've gone through and your friends have gone through in the book. Absolutely not. And one of the things that happened in writing it is that I realized that it was becoming... Uh, sort of oral history yes, as I absolutely. was writing it because things are so fast changing. So, you know, in the introduction I talked about, I, I say, you know, think of this as a moment in time, how some, how some people made their families when it wasn't, you know, against the odds and in recognition of all of the different inequities in reproduction in the world, how they did that at a moment in time because 
it's going to be different. My kids are going to be, I'm hoping, in 20 years will we'll look back at this and look back at their own stories and the stories in the book and say, what? I, really? It was that hard or there were yeah. that many restrictions on what women you know, could do you know with this their, reminds their reproductive me of, go, systems? Go see the movie Suffragette about women's, you know, this was uh, in the very early 1900s in yeah. England and what these women went through to get the vote. I mean, yeah. imprisoned and force-fed and, and lost their children and they had no rights. I mean, it was, I watched it and I was so upset. I mean, you know, this yeah. is 100 years later, but it's more than that. But it, it really, um, well, no, actually it isn't, 1912. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's about a hundred you know, years. We're still just fighting about some of those years. fights. So, yeah, you know, they really had to fight. So, a, a so danger what's your message? What's over. your message, Joshua, for our listeners? What would you like to leave our listeners with today about modern families? That that we should all be looking for ways to expand our understanding of what a family is, to include as mu- as many people who want to to love and be loved as we can, and to support those families. And that includes people who are parenting on their own, people who want to not have children and mm-hmm. protecting that right to to make that decision and to use your body the way you want to use it. Yeah. And it includes expanding to include families like mine and the families in the book that don't look like the normative family. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, it was really great. Um, where, where can we find it? How do people log on? They can go to my website and, you know, do links there, which is joshuagampson.com or pretty much in, in any bookstore or any online seller. Okay. Well, I really, really appreciate you coming on the program, Joshua. Just want to let our listeners know I've been interviewing today Joshua Gamson. His book is Modern Families, Stories of Extraordinary Journeys to Kinship. This expands beyond the nuclear family to many other kinds of families. So really take a look at this book. Uh, As we said, it's going to make history because in 20, 30 years, we'll look at this and say, wow, that's the way it was then, but it's so different Mm -hmm. now. So it's it's really, uh, thank you for doing this. All right, folks, stand the line for a minute. All right, stay tuned. Uh, Our second interview will be right up next, right here on the Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.